Do you talk about it with your friends? Do you dare talk about it with your grandparents? The Sealed Section, talking everything sex for everyone. Hello Shaggers and welcome back to another episode of The Sealed Section. Today I have Steph from the Sexual Wellness Club coming on to talk about pleasure, virginity, the orgasm gap, sexting and a whole lot more. So please enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Steph. I'm so excited to have you on the sealed section. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be sitting and just talking about sex. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I'll just give a little background. Steph reached out to me through Instagram and we've just been chatting away and realized that we're kind of on the same path towards sexology. So I thought, who better than to come on and talk about sex and how you've chosen this career. So tell the listeners a bit about yourself. Okay, so I am Steph. I'm 22 and like you, I'm also studying a psych major at the moment. Um, and I'm back in Melbourne. So when I saw that you were in Geelong, I was like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah, we're no, like, so close. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll be finishing my degree next year. So I am hoping to study sexology at either Sydney or um, in Perth. And I have recently started an Instagram account um, mm-hmm. to kind of kickstart my sexology career and like build my knowledge and all that. So yeah, my Instagram account is Sexual Wellness Club. Um, and yeah, I'm really enjoying just kind of building my knowledge through that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's so much on Instagram that like so much knowledge out there. There's so many people trying to start to advocate for better sex and sex education. And there's just so many resources out there that are great. And ones like yours, like I highly recommend any listeners out there who want to look at uh, the Sexual Wellness Club, definitely do that because it has some really good content on there. So what made you decide to pursue a career in sexology? Honestly, it all just kind of fell into place. Like I had no idea that I was going to come down this path. But when I was in high school, I saw a lot of slut shaming within my, yeah. like my female friends, um, girls doing it to girls, boys doing it to girls. Like it was all happening. I had friends whose like nudes were shared around without their consent. And I had friends who were like forced out of friendship circles for getting with a boy who they didn't know wasn't single. And it just like, all this shitty behavior that I just like, it really didn't sit well with me. And I just thought all the slut shaming and all that was really unnecessary. So after high school, I kind of started building all my feminist knowledge and like engaged in all this content. And I realized that it's actually something that you can speak out about. Like you don't just have to kind of suck it up as part of being a girl. Yeah, definitely. So I thought all my friends like, step into their sexual power basically and like not take any more shit and I just decided that I wanted to spread the word more and like become this sex positive like creating a sex positive environment and like help people who are in that kind of like funk of like shame and that sort of stuff like especially girls and young women and stuff like that so I just thought it would be a really great way to um like it's quite niche like yeah it definitely is yeah like it's just all my passions like 
in one, isn't it? Literally, that's one thing (laughs) I've been saying to so many people. I'm like, I finally found my passion. Like I enjoy it in my personal life. I enjoy talking about it. I like love everything about it. And then you get to combine everything into this career and literally, and especially because I feel like it's not like a prevalent career yet that we can really mold it to how we want it to be and like create the job for us almost, which is like really exciting a really exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one thing I just want to touch on there, how you said about slut shaming, which I think is so horrible and is so prevalent, especially in like high school. I know myself when I was, I think I was in year eight and I remember the first time I got called a slut to my face. I was walking um, in school. It was a, like a beach dress up day. So I was wearing mini shorts as everyone was in like a singlet and this girl that was like in year 10 or 11 walked past me and was called me a slut and I was like excuse me I was horrified and then it literally got so bad to the point that I had to change classes like I was completely like slut shamed so bad and like it was horrible like I would walk into class and the girls would plan to like have because there was only a few girls in like my year eight class and they would like I'd walk in and they were all sitting on the one table and would move chairs around so that I couldn't sit there and I'd have to sit by myself or like it was horrible yeah it was horrible and it's such a um important issue I just don't think like people talk about it and stuff but no one there's not that much to really like change our attitudes and you know ways to around it and stuff exactly yeah so how has your own sexual journey been? So I kind of categorised my sexual journey in like three stages. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I didn't masturbate. Like I wasn't having sex. Like I just kind of thought that it wasn't for me. Like I just didn't really know what to do. I didn't feel the need to masturbate myself. Like I just didn't really know what I was doing. And I just, like, had no desire to get to know it. Um, But then when I was 17, I did sleep with someone for the first time. And I had, like, a good couple of years of, like, um, casual partners or one-night stands and that sort of thing. But I wasn't having orgasms. And even having really good sex, I just wasn't having orgasms. So I finally decided to get myself a vibrator and I just feel like my life has changed. <laughs> yeah, they literally yeah. changed your life. <laughs> uh, but it's such a hard thing to go and buy your first one. I remember by going my like first time. I didn't want to buy it online because I just wanted to like, I don't know, I just wanted to see it in person, like look, like to pick my one. I remember walked into this like sex shop that was in like a shed. It looked so dodgy and I was so nervous. I was like by myself. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> And um, well, it was the best decision ever. Um, it literally. Oh, I got yeah. mine on. You got yours online? I had seen people like, I don't know if you know Flex Mommy on Instagram, but I'd seen a couple of people talk about how amazing their like clitoral like suction vibrators oh were. Oh my God, that's my favorite. <laughs> I've got the womanizer. So I think I because I saw someone else write about it on Instagram and Oh my god! Thank God I did. <laughs> Literally, I have. I think it's called like the Satisfiers Pro or something. That was so. That was like my 
fourth one I bought because I just I don't know I just looked at it I was like there's no way that's gonna do anything for me I just you know it just doesn't look like it and it it works wonders (laughs) yeah it's literally yeah definitely um so why did you not feel comfortable masturbating honestly like I can't really pinpoint it down to one thing but I do think something that really came into play was the fact that like most like young teenage girls, I was quite insecure in myself and my body. And I just felt like I wasn't really like worthy of doing that to myself. Like I kind of felt like even the thought of doing it by myself was still like me trying to be like this sexy person that I just didn't feel like at the time. Yeah. And that would be so hard, Mm. especially when there's so much out there that, try like it doesn't we don't there's nothing really out there especially at a young age that makes us feel empowered in our own bodies and sexy in our own bodies so and we're always so you know self-conscious so it's so hard to then feel comfortable giving pleasure to yourself when you don't even feel like worthy in your own like body so another thing um I had this like sense of shame whenever I did want to just try it out is I honestly just couldn't do it without cringing and thinking like, what am I doing? Like, this is so embarrassing. Why am I doing this? Like, and I also just didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to touch myself. I didn't have a vibrator. Like, I just like, and that's why I thought that it wasn't for me because I didn't know the right techniques. Yeah, definitely. And there's no one, like, in school, for instance, too, they don't even educate you on pleasure let alone mm. how to give yourself pleasure and how like how to do it. It's literally basically just left on your, like your own, like, and you have no idea. And even people I know don't even know where their clitoris is. <laughs> they're like, they'll tell me and they're like 20, but it's just not like no one, it's just not taught how, how to do it and where, where to look. And it's obviously just not as easy to navigate as it would be for say like penis owners. Like it seems a lot more straightforward for them whereas us it's it's so different every single vulva owner is completely different with their experience and what they like so it's so hard to then to just to know what to do and you really have to explore yourself to try and find your own pleasure but then it's so hard to overcome that when there's so many especially just within society so many things that make you feel like it's wrong and dirty and that you shouldn't be doing it and you're not worthy of doing it yeah 100 percent. and I would see all these articles like how to give the best blowjob and like yes. all that stuff there was nothing for me like there was nothing about how to use my own vulva or my own clear like it was all penis centered. Like it definitely is because it's all the pleasure is just centered around the penis, especially in Western society and culture and magazines. You always see like on the front of like you know Cosmopolitan or something, and it will literally say something like that: how to give like the best blowjob, how to have the hottest, dirtiest sex, but not how to actually pleasure yourself. Which is yeah, yeah. definitely needs to to change. Have you experienced an orgasm from masturbating yourself? Yes, I have. Amazing. And I didn't when I was having sex with, like, any of the guys that I slept with. I didn't even come close. Yeah. But then 
as soon as I got my vibrator, like, as I said, I didn't know what to do. I literally just put it on my clit and just waited to see what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. So I actually struggled for the first couple of months because I did still have a bit of shame and like a bit of like, oh God, this is so embarrassing. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Um but because the vibrator was just so good, like it would, so I would kind of get this build up and it would like feel really, really good. But because I was still um, just not ready to fully let go, I couldn't actually get to the point of orgasm. Yeah. And so it took me a while of like teaching myself to relax and like be in the moment and all these little tips and tricks of how to be more present yeah definitely like actually achieve my first orgasm yeah I think that's actually a really important thing that you just brought up even if you have all the devices I feel like with vulva owners it's so much in your head to be able to get over the line to orgasm like it's got so much to do with our brains I know myself if I Literally, I could be climaxing and as soon as I think, I almost try and self-sabotage because I know that if I think of something that won't help me get there, it will just stop it. And so, like, my brain almost literally every time will do a little self-sabotage just because I don't know why. I just, it's a bad habit of mine, but it just shows how much control our brains have over our ability to orgasm. And therefore, if we're, you know, if we're stressed, if we're worried about if we're shame and worried about our bodies, especially during sex, because if you've got another partner and you don't feel comfortable within yourself, there's just so many other factors that play a role and then it just can make it seem like an orgasm is just impossible yeah 100% um for me I had that same thing like all of a sudden a weird thought would come into my head and I would kind of sabotage my experience and the only way I could get through that is to actually notice that was happening and like focus on my breath yeah that's such a good idea I literally was sitting there like breathing in and out really deeply and like trying to go yeah that's actually a really good idea it's almost like meditation like bringing your attention back to your breath which obviously meditation would play a role too people who meditate would probably find it so much easier to reach an orgasm because they have that skill to focus on their pleasure yeah 100 percent yeah definitely there's also a book I don't know if you heard of it come as you are by Emily um, Nagoski I read that and before I ever had my own first orgasm the only thing that changed was reading that book (laughs) and I read the book and I didn't like I didn't think like oh my god this is going to change my life like I can't I read it more for an educational purpose because I wanted to go into sexology and it had a really important thing to just when you're in the moment just focus on the pleasure don't worry about trying to achieve an orgasm like don't have an end goal just focus in the moment and then I um had sex with this guy and it was taken like really slow and really like almost dragged out and I just focused on the pleasure and then all of a sudden it happened. I didn't know what was happening and I was like, oh my God. And then as soon as I left, I was like, to my friends, you've got to read this book. <laughs> It'll change your life. <laughs> Literally have that book on my shelf ready to be read. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. It's really good. And especially there's a lot of like um, psychology to it too, which is interesting, mm. like the science behind it, which is um, really cool. Uh, so do you have any advice yourself on how to like approach masturbation, how to break down the shame attached to it? Yeah, well, 
Um, like I said, for me, it was really overwhelming because I really was starting from scratch. Like I had, of course, had sex before, but like there was no clitoral stimulation at all. And I just didn't know what I was doing. So I actually did a lot of research and I looked into um, a couple of Instagram pages who posted like different techniques that you can use and stuff like that. And I just tried to take it like really slow and try things out that um, just like see how it goes sort of thing. Like I think what you said earlier about having no end goal was really Mm -hmm. important to me. Like I just wanted to see how things felt rather than sit there and think like, okay, when's my orgasm? When's my orgasm? When's my orgasm? Like I just wanted to focus on the feeling sort of thing. Um, Otherwise there is like, so much content on Instagram and podcasts and all this stuff if you just find the right people and like qualified people as well um there is a lot can get into and there's also like I don't know if you've heard of OMG yes the website yeah I have yeah I'm I'm signed up to that yeah same they literally have like it's like practical tools and videos and um techniques and stuff that you can learn from and I found that to be really really helpful because as we said like pleasure is just not something that we're taught and it is like a little bit of a skill in some cases so yeah definitely I think at the moment too it's definitely a skill like if we're not being taught it we and we have to go and find it on our own like it's definitely a skill that we have to um you know develop and it sucks that we have to do it in our late teens and early 20s or even later but hopefully we'll be able to get to a a point where it's just something that you incorporate within your life growing up and then it's not something that feels unnatural or or dirty because we're literally born with bodies that are able to give us pleasure so we should be able to use it yeah 100 percent and the other thing I would say if you are really struggling with the concept of just doing it by yourself for yourself. You can actually go into it with the intention of like trying to get to know your body so that you can tell your next partner what you like. Like I think it's a really good tool for like improving your partnered sex, not just feeling good in the moment. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a really important thing to do because so many people and I know a lot of women just they don't know how to – not only talk about sex with their partners, but they just don't know how to tell them what they like because they genuinely just don't know what they like themselves, which is so hard. And they, you know, they come out of sex and say, oh, I just, I didn't feel any pleasure. Like I just didn't, I don't understand how you, how sex feels good for you. And it's like, well, you have to be able to understand how pleasure works within your own body first before you should go into those sexual relationships and like I was really lucky my mum always taught me when I first got I got my first boyfriend like 13 she's like Emily before you like have sex with him you need to be able to give yourself pleasure first you need to try an orgasm with yourself and know what you like so that you know you when you go into the relationship like you get your own pleasure and even said make sure he gives you an orgasm before you have sex didn't happen but she tried (laughs) yeah I love that yeah but it's just I think it's such an important thing and it's just not it's not touched on enough and so many people only even just little things like if say you're having sex with someone and you're not enjoying something and being like oh I don't really 
I'm not really feeling this or I'm not really enjoying this or even like um, probably a better way to say it oh like this feels all right but I actually really like this or I really like when you do this and giving like if you tell them what you do like then they'll be wanting to do those things more because they obviously when you go into sex you want to pleasure each other hopefully (laughs) and yeah and it's a lot more like like constructive criticism in a way yeah it's crazy how often like people are having sex and they're not giving each other feedback on what feels good and what doesn't feel good it's so funny you say that I listened to a podcast yesterday and there was these two people talking and they were saying how important it is to almost like debrief after sex and Mm -hmm. you know say yeah I really like this or like I didn't like this as much or you know we should try this next time because you can't learn and grow if you don't have those conversations and if you aren't willing to speak up your partners will just assume that what they're doing is doing the right thing and then you'll continue having the sex that you're having exactly like especially for women or people with vulvas like there is this tendency to kind of want to perform pleasure rather than actually say like you know, this isn't working for me, like, can we do something else? Like, I've been guilty of that for sure in the past. Um, So I think it's really important to definitely have those conversations and even have them, like, outside of the bedroom as well. Yeah, definitely. I think talking outside of the bedroom is such an important thing that definitely just doesn't happen enough. I think because people are so scared to talk about sex too and they just Mm. can't bring themselves to have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So you haven't been able to reach an orgasm with sexual partners. Are you able to then explain the orgasm gap? I would love to explain the orgasm gap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just because it's such a personal, like, thing for me. Yeah. Um, So, like, the orgasm gap is between, like, generally between cisgendered heterosexual men and women. And, um, like, research has actually been done on this and it shows that, like, cishet women are just not orgasming as much as cishet men are, not even as much as women in relationships with women. Like, we are just not having our orgasms. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Like, even just thinking about my previous experiences is, like, how many times did the guy orgasm compared to how many times that I orgasmed? Um, the sex generally ended when they had their orgasm. Yeah. Like, the male orgasm literally defines the sexual encounter. Yeah, literally. It does. I've had so many, as soon as they finish, they just, yep, roll over, done, that's it. And it's like, well just what about me what about my pleasure like just because you've had your orgasm what about mine why why do you think it's okay for why like why are you okay with the fact that I'm not orgasming like it's just this general thing out there that if women don't orgasm that's normal and that should be accepted which it definitely it shouldn't be like that yeah and it's so severe to the point where like I have felt like I haven't done a good job if the other person, like the other male partner, yes. hasn't orgasmed. Yes. I have never orgasmed. <laughs> that is such a problem. I myself, like if they 
can't have an orgasm, then you, and especially if you have sex with them multiple times and it becomes a regular thing, you start to think, well, what's wrong with me? Are they not attracted to me? What am I doing? But Ooh. they don't think that about us when I, you know, you're in a relationship for, you could be in a relationship with someone for three years and never orgasm and they don't question themselves. Like, they're not, <laughs> like you know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's bad. Oh my God. It's so, yeah, it definitely, it is. And like, I don't think that every sex they should go in like necessarily like the goal to orgasm we should just enjoy the pleasure but it definitely needs to change because there's so many studies and they all kind of change a little bit because there hasn't been like a really massive study but it's something like 60 mm. percent will say that like women will say they haven't orgasmed their last sexual encounter and then like over 90 percent of men have and i'm like that's a massive gap like it's massive yeah. and it definitely I don't, I don't know yeah it needs to change but then it's not even taught in school either that we should be orgasming. It's just all about male penetrative sex and that when he ejaculates, that's it because that's what all you need to have, like have children. So therefore sex is done. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I even started talking about, have you heard, um, okay, so there's this episode of Friends where Ross is all skipping around and he's all happy because he got laid last night and yeah. then someone's like, oh, you got laid last night and he's like, yeah, twice. And I got, I just got thinking and I was like, what do you mean twice? Like you have, you had two orgasms, but like just because you had two orgasms doesn't mean you had sex twice. Like that just, like what does that mean? (laughs) Literally because then the female, assuming obviously is having sex with a female, that, Mm. that would have only been like, she probably wouldn't orgasm. It would have just been the one sexual experience for her. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I've actually never thought of that. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's just crazy how penis-centred everything is. Like, it's oh. literally about the male orgasm, and that's all. Like, that is how literally. we define it. Like, their sexual encounter was defined as two sexual encounters because he climaxed twice. And, like, obviously we're talking about Rachel Green and she didn't obviously win, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I even had someone say to me once, um, it was this guy and we we're talking about lesbian sex and he said, mm-hmm. and this, he would have been like 22, 23. And he goes, well, how would you know when to stop? I was like, <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> a 20, no. yes, a young adult did not know how lesbian sex would end. Because there's no male ejaculation, so how would you know when to stop? Yeah. That drives me insane. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you think that, how many other men out there think that? Like, we are so uneducated in regards to pleasure and orgasms. It's just, like, it's crazy. Yeah. It actually, for a long time, I didn't even know what lesbian sex would constitute as. Yeah, I was well, no like, one teaches you how it. Is it like, how is it possible to have sex without a penis? And it's like, oh, my God, obviously it's possible. <laughs> yeah, but everyone, sex is literally defined as, like, penis and vagina. They're like, yeah. the, the foreplay is called foreplay. It's not even put into sex <laughs> because it's, you know, it comes before. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, they don't even put, like... 
you know, fingering and all that Ooh. stuff doesn't even count as sex. It's foreplay. So therefore, like, you know, you do that for two minutes, you you know, pat on the back, let's go get into it. Like, it's just, yeah. oh, it's so crazy. That's why I don't, you probably know Chantelle Oaten or Chantelle yeah. Oaten. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard her discuss sex as like intercourse and out of course rather than uh-huh. like foreplay yeah. and the main thing because... Yeah like it's not just the intercourse like it's all the fun stuff in between as well yeah definitely and it's all this stuff outside of intercourse that especially for vulva owners that helps achieve the orgasm it's you know even just simple things such as the setting what's going on around you and where are they touching you how all your senses how do you feel within your own body like there's so many other factors that play a role in it that I just never discussed anywhere near enough. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. How do you think that we could overcome the orgasm gap? So I think what we were talking about before about actually having conversations about what gives you pleasure and that sort of stuff. Um, And I started thinking about how to do this and it doesn't have to be like a sit down, let's talk about sex conversation. Like, you can incorporate it into sexting. Like that's what I used to do. I used to be like, you know, like weave in what I wanted to be done beforehand when we were sexting and then it would happen the next time that we met up because I'd already spoken about it and said that I liked it. Um, Otherwise, the obvious one for vulva owners is incorporate sex toys. Like um, you need some more clitoral stimulation than bring in a vibrator um oh and the other thing I was thinking of is mutual masturbation yeah like to the idea of like outer course and how sex doesn't just have to be penis in vagina you can literally masturbate next to each other like I think that would be sexy as hell so yeah that definitely would be and then you can show them while you're doing it too like the one I'm doing right now like I really like this is what I really like and I also yeah. really love the idea of including it in when you're sexting because obviously they're like you're t- texting them, it's all hot and heavy in the moment and then they get to see like what you like, like by you saying that. It's like, oh, well then like they're like, they'll think, oh, okay, I can try that next time. And I think that's a really good way to do that without having, you know, a conversation just face-to-face like this is what I want, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, it's a, that's a really good way to go about it. Well, the other thing is you can, like, now you can just link a podcast that talks about it or link an article with yeah, definitely. tradition or something like that. Like, I think there are just so many resources that you can easily just be like, hey, this sounds really good. Would you be interested in trying it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're definitely moving into a cool time where there's all these resources that are coming out and are available and I think of people being a lot more open-minded to different ways of having sex so yeah I think it's a really cool time to be living in while we can do that I think we've probably missed just the the good sex education but that's definitely coming (laughs) but yeah no that's really good why do you think it's such a common occurrence especially for like younger people like our age that women's pleasure just isn't recognised as a priority, especially during heterosexual sex. Yeah, um, God, it's such a shame. I think, like, 
the feminist in me, like the answer to that would probably be that we are just so brought up to be thinking of others and not be prioritizing mm. ourselves. Like anyone that has been socialized as a woman has been taught to take care of other people and like be patient and nurturing and like um, not be assertive. Like yeah, there's definitely. a real problem with women like standing up for what they believe in or like saying that they are not interested in something or don't agree with something apparently like as soon as you set a boundary like you come across as a bitch so yeah definitely um, I think that definitely comes into it like people are really taken aback when a woman says no I don't like that or something like that um and then the other side of it I think would have to be like the mainstream porn that we see on Pornhub is not centered around female pleasure or anything to do with like clitorises like I don't think I've ever seen someone touch their clit in like a mainstream porn on Pornhub um like there's a lot of performing like obviously they're actors but um it's just like like I just remember being so confused when I was having sex and not having an orgasm because I was like this is how everyone else seems to do it on Pornhub like why is it not happening for me exactly but literally they're probably faking it majority of the time and they don't even necessarily center in on the women's orgasm like it's always the most important shot is at the end when the guy's coming like that's that's the important shot to get exactly yeah for me and a lot of other women probably it's a lot of the like um part of one of the best parts of having sex is like the build-up and like yeah, the and building up to it and that stuff is just not shown in porn or in tv at all no like, just jump straight into it yeah and even to other things like lube you never see lube in porn Ooh. and it's it it, it we just never like I know myself I can't just jump into sex just straight away like you can't just rip my clothes off and go straight into intercourse like it just it doesn't work like that for me personally and like there needs to be other things like well outer course and um lube and things because sometimes even though I'm completely turned on mentally my body just isn't you know, getting wet and doing all the things that I want it to be doing to make sex easier. So I think other things like lube are so important to incorporate to have the best sex that you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just such a shame that we don't see that. Yeah, and definitely. Then the other part that I think comes into play when we think about like how women's pleasure is not really prioritised is how we're kind of just brought up accepting that boys love sex, boys wank like five times a night or whatever like Mm -hmm. that is what we're told all the time it is all over tv shows like how many times have you seen like male characters joke about like having a wank and stuff like that and definitely seen female characters do that even in like the classroom at school guys would always joke about wanking and stuff and Mm -hmm. like we as a female like I would not dare say anything about it myself like or like if I turned around and joined in and look on their conversation about myself wanking they'd be like what like they and then they just wouldn't be able to handle that be instantly you know the slut of the school 
Like, it's yeah. crazy. People are so shocked to hear that women actually like sex as much as men. <laughs> I know. I've found myself in positions where I like sex more than my sexual partners. Like, I'm wanting sex more than them and they they can't keep up with me. Like, it's definitely just not in society seen like the other way around. It's just not seen that we are the ones who could enjoy pleasure more. Mm. Even like outside of sexual pleasure, like women have been taught to suppress our pleasure in like so many different aspects of our lives. Like we're told not to enjoy food that gives us pleasure, such as chocolate. We're told not to enjoy like achieving our career goals that we work so hard for. We're told not to feel pleasure in like expressing ourselves or wearing something that makes us feel sexy because you know, we shouldn't show too much skin because that might provoke, like, you know, the male's uncontrollable pleasure. And, like, how are we as women and those within, like, minority groups meant to move forward to a society that not only recognises the legitimacy legitimacy of our pleasure but, like, condemns it? Like, how are we meant to live in a world like that? Like, it's so hard. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's just every single, yeah, every part of our lives, it's just like, no, you shouldn't be enjoying that. There's always, like, a counter-argument to it, which is crazy. I know. And when you do something like dress in something that you really like, it's like, oh, well, you're clearly doing that for men. So you advocate for women being active sexual beings and not just passive participants during sex. Can you explain what you mean by this? Yeah, for sure. So... This will sound really obvious, but it's crazy, like, how often it doesn't happen. But to me, being an active sexual being is just doing things in bed that you personally actually find pleasurable rather than just going into a situation with the goal of, like, trying to make your partner come or um, just trying to do what feels good for them. Um, It also means, like, speaking up and changing things up if you don't, like what's happening like if you don't enjoy whatever move is being done and stuff like that um because like you are the one that is in control of your own body and how like like it is a privilege for someone to be sleeping with you and you have every right to just give them the access that you want to your body Um, rather than just assuming that just because, like, for example, if you're a cishet woman having sex with a man, like, it's generally accepted that men are kind of, like, the dominant ones and the ones that take control. Like, they're often, like, flipping women over and, like, doing whatever position they want to do and it's, like, you're allowed to say no and you're allowed to be, like, hey, can we do this instead? Yeah, definitely. One thing that really comes to mind when I think of this idea of like women being passive during sex is um, a lot of women like have at least once felt like they were kind of just like a body that's like Mm -hmm. being penetrated and like you had someone fuck you rather than having a mutual consensual like exciting experience of pleasure between two people. Yeah, I think that's a massive issue too. I know a lot of people, especially when they first start having sex and they're not yet, you know, really feeling the pleasure or feeling comfortable and they just feel like, as you said, just a body being fucked. Like, and it's not a nice feeling. Like, it's just, 
it yeah it just doesn't sit well yeah it's horrible like way too common yeah definitely I know myself I've been in like situations like that and like you almost disconnect from your body like you just go to another place and you then just like like hurry up and finish like just get this done exactly and it's like when you say that out loud, like, that is horrible. Like, that yeah. is not what sex should be. No, it definitely shouldn't at all. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, you mm. said something on um, one of your Instagram posts about being a starfish. Are you able to, like, touch on, like, what that means? Because I think that is such a big issue. <laughs> yeah, I did want to touch on this. So in my experience, like, it's been cishet men who have said this about cishet women. And, like, the term starfish refers to, like, basically a woman just lying there on the bottom like being fucked and like not um not really taking control and not really like responding or anything like that um and in my experience like I have been called a starfish and that was in an experience where I actually didn't really want to be having sex with that person like like for me like I'm now I mean, it took a couple of years, but I'm now a confident person and I know what I want and I feel ready to, like, say, hey, let's do this, let's do this. And if there's a situation where I'm not, like, showing that kind of confidence, then it's obviously a situation where I'm not comfortable um, in the experience. So I, I did post something about if you're, like, generally if you're a man and the person that you're sleeping with is acting like a starfish, I think it's your responsibility to say, hey, is everything okay? Like, are you enjoying, are you enjoying yourself? Like, what can I do to make this more fun for you? Because I'm not getting the vibe that this is like a fun, consensual, like exciting experience. Like, I want to make you feel good. And I don't want to just, again, use your body as like, something to put my dick into essentially (laughs) yeah I think that's really important thing and I don't like you don't really see guys doing that talking like speaking up and recognizing that you might not be enjoying what's happening Mm -hmm. and yeah I think that's a really important thing for them to be able to do because just them asking that could change that whole sexual experience that you're having and make such a difference yeah exactly yeah definitely sleeping with people that you feel comfortable to say hey let's do this instead this is not really working for me yeah no that's really important and like we're just not taught that either like there's unless Mm. you have parents that teach you that I was pretty lucky like mum was always really good with that stuff but I know so many people that it's just completely like just lacking in that area yeah now um virginity is something that we obviously all know and talk about and within our culture within Australia we literally like obsess over it just the the idea of virginity and virginity however is a social construct that's based off a patriarchal system and is completely outdated. Steph are you able to dissect the concept of virginity and why saying losing your virginity is not inclusive of all sexualities? Yeah so essentially we know of losing your virginity as like a man's penis going into a woman's vagina. And like, that is just not what sex is these days. Like we've talked a little bit about it, but it's just so much more than that. And 
it's also just not something that just happens between cishet like women and cishet men like the concept of losing your virginity is just not inclusive of all the different like variety of queer people that exist and are in relationships and may not be having that sort of sex and the other thing i really hate the phrase losing your virginity because it implies that like your first sexual experience is something that is taken from you by somewhere someone else rather than you know the fun playful experience that it should be like I really hate the idea of someone being a completely different person with less like a less wholesome less pure person just because they've had sex yeah I think that's a massive issue saying that you've lost something because you actually it's completely a social construct like we have not lost Mm. anything by having sex and I think it's crazy that it's that's what it implies and it I think that contributes to slut shaming as well because then you're like you're not pure and you know the age you lose your virginity is you know judged so you know the younger you are the sluttier you are and Mm. then almost the opposite if you're in your 20s and you haven't had sex there's something wrong with you or you're frigid and Mm -hmm. then you see especially a lot of um women then going and losing their virginity because they just want to get it done over with and they don't actually have an experience that they wanted to have or what they imagine they would have because they just want to get it done over with so they're not this outcast of society and then the same like with men if they're in their you know 20s or whatever age that's seen as you know too old to be still a virgin they're also seen as something wrong with them and women are seen to not want to have sex with them because they're inexperienced and there's just all this Mm. weight put on this social construct that is just it's stupid it's completely I don't understand it at all and why we obsess over it so much it's absolutely ridiculous because you can have lost your virginity and had sex but that doesn't mean that you're good in bed like it doesn't mean you're good at sex every single sex experience is completely different like I quote-unquote lost my virginity when I was 17 but I didn't start having good sex until I was like 19 or 20. The other thing with um virginity is kind of like you get judged if you've lost it and you get judged if you haven't lost it like yeah me I remember in high school I had a boyfriend for like a year or so and we weren't having sex because as I said I just didn't really have the desire for it but we were being sexual in other ways and I remember being asked about whether we'd had sex and done this and done that and I just straight up lied because I was just so worried of being judged for doing like the most simple sexual act, like sending a nude or something like that. Like I was just far too ashamed to actually say that I was doing that stuff because like as a woman, you're kind of like, like, have you heard of the Madonna Hall complex? No, I haven't. It's basically like the idea that women can only be one of two things which is a madonna like a saint like a sweet little nurturing wifey type or a whore like if you're a sexual being then there used to be this idea that you can't be that beautiful wholesome person like you can either be sexual or wholesome and there's no like in between 
Yeah. I think that's still really um, prevalent, even just, like, within society. Like, songs, like, I listened to what... I can't remember what it was in the exact wording. It basically said that, like, if you're a whore, you're not wife material. And, Mm. like, they just... It doesn't make sense, like, how... Just because someone enjoys sex and might be having sex with you know, heaps different people because that's their right. They're allowed to do that. How does that make them any less of a human and why should you have less respect for them? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's crazy. And then men can go and do all that and be worshipped. Like, it just doesn't, it does not add up, like, at all. How was your first experience having sex? Did, like, society misinform you on what to expect yeah it was really underwhelming as I said like I hadn't I wasn't masturbating so I didn't know my own body I just didn't know what to expect and it was really awkward and rushed and it didn't feel good for me and it just wasn't really the ideal situation that you would see in like movies or tv shows and stuff like that um yeah, it actually, like, I wanted to touch on, like, coercion during sex mm-hmm. because that was a part of my experience of the first time I had sex. Like, I initially said no, and then the guy that I was with just did the classic, like, oh, why not? Like, come on, like, let's just do it. Like, I think he literally said something like, it'll just take a couple minutes or something <laughs> like <laughs> I know. Um, And I just felt like so awkward. And I was like, okay, well, why not? I may as well. And so I was like, like, technically, I did say yes, but I knew deep down that I wasn't that keen. Yeah. And I just wanted to like bring up how now looking back on that with like all the knowledge that I have and like the understanding of like rape culture and sexual coercion Mm. and stuff like that I know now that that wasn't okay and that it shouldn't have happened like that and um just because that wasn't necessarily like a really intense circumstance of sexual assault it doesn't mean that that's the way that it should have gone down like I think that's an experience that a lot of people can especially young girls can relate to like feeling like you kind of have to do things to avoid the awkwardness yeah definitely I know myself I've experienced that I know the 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 second sexual partner I had I actually almost struggled with that more than losing my virginity because my number was going up and I was terrified of that at the time and I remember I was at like a party and um you know we're on like some stairs out the back somewhere and, and you know like real classy <laughs> and um anyway we start like making out and get like going a bit further and then it literally was like half an hour of him trying to convince me to do it because I was like oh I just don't know I don't know and then he'd say something like oh I just don't know and you would think that they would take the initiative then and they had to be like okay you're not comfortable let's not do this but then they just continued to just push and push and then eventually like I got to the point that I was like oh all right and like I didn't regret doing it afterwards but which I was grateful for but the way that it was approached was so wrong and I should have if I was second guessing myself in that moment I should like I should have just like got up and just walked away and be like no like this this isn't 
happening and they should be able to recognize it themselves like why you shouldn't have to convince someone to do something especially in regards to sex exactly like don't you want someone that is super and happy and like ready and aroused and just like in the moment like yeah and that wants to have sex with you why do you want to convince someone that's not sure and having sex with you like it is so hot when you can tell that someone's into you so why the hell would you continue to push with someone that it clearly is not vibing it yeah definitely yeah it's crazy and I know I actually had another experience where I didn't want to and I kept telling them no and then they just kept like you know coming on to I was like no like I don't want this I don't want this and then because they just kept breaking me down I just got to the point I was like fine because if I say yes then it's done and over with and because like I was staying there like I needed the place to stay and I was like yep if I just say yes then it'll be done then like the hounding will stop and then when I talked about it with friends afterwards I was like well it wasn't to me I didn't see that as consensual sex like yes I had said yes at the end but it's still I didn't like it was so obvious that I didn't want to consent to that at exactly. the time and then when I you know started like talking with my friends they found out that I said yes to using a condom so therefore they were like you that wasn't like any form of like sexual assault like you said yes and I was like but I had said no so many times. Like, it doesn't mean, just because I said yes to using a condom doesn't mean that I wanted to do it. Like, I was just putting my sexual health first and that was just by the end, because, like, I was intoxicated as well, by the end I was just like, this is my best option if I just get it done over with. I think so many women have experienced that same thing Mm -hmm. and then there's that internal debate of was that consensual or was it not? Because... Although I said no 20 times, I did say yes in the end. Yeah. I think so many people would have had that experience where the yes is just easier than the no. Like it's really hard, especially like, as I said, we have taught not to be, we've been taught not to be assertive and like not to say no, like not to disappoint men. Like I honestly felt so bad because I knew I was being a quote-unquote starfish. This is the same person that called me a starfish. And um, I felt bad because I was like, oh, my God, like the poor guy, like he didn't have a good experience because I didn't want to, like, isn't that ridiculous? It's so ridiculous. But we're not taught any different. Like it's not that we're not taught any different. It's just society. It's like it's just what is put on us to think and, Mm. like, if everyone's telling you that this is how it should be, of course you're going to think that this is how it should be. It's not until you find other resources and educate yourself that you realise, hang on, something's not right here. Yeah, it wasn't until, it wasn't until I slept with someone else that what became like a casual, regular partner that actually cared for me as a person and wanted to be my friend and yeah. wanted to make me feel good did I realise how that first situation just was not on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's something that will definitely it just needs to be worked on. I think with more, um, with all the resources out there, and the more people try and spread spread awareness, that we'll definitely move to a lot more of a sex positive world that is open about sex and pleasure and consent and all of those things. And yeah, it'll be really exciting to do. And obviously, both of us will be able to help create that world which is super exciting um yeah well I think that's all we'll have time for so thank you so much for coming on to the sealed section and sharing your experiences and your knowledge oh my god my pleasure it's been so much fun 
I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Thanks again to Steph for coming on and talking about her own experiences with pleasure and how we can all start experiencing more pleasure within our sexual lives. Please, if you have any questions, comments or stories or just want to reach out to me, please do so through either my Instagram, The Sealed Section or through my email, emilyduncan at thesealedsection.com. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.